Hi, this is Outbeat Radio host Greg Moralia with a special Outbeat Moment in History. This last Thursday, Harvey Milk became the first openly gay man to be honored by the United States Postal Service with a postage stamp. The Harvey Milk stamp, featuring a photo of Harvey, was taken by Daniel Nicoletta and unveiled at a ceremony in the White House on what would have been Harvey's 84th birthday. Here's U.S. Ambassador Samantha Power. Totally humbled to be among you. Uh, Look out at the audience, and uh, you are the people who have worked uh, to create so much progress. I'm truly, truly moved uh, to be here today. I work for a president. I get to work for a president who is identified with two words, hope and change. But it's hard to think of words that more succinctly describe Harvey Milk, the leader, the activist, the fighter, the elected official. Hope and change is about a deeply held and proud American tradition, a tradition of toil to ensure the triumph of progress, a tradition of love winning out over fear. Hope and change. Congressman John Lewis knows something about hope, and he knows something about change. He did not imagine an America where black people could just sit at the same lunch counter. He envisaged an America where black people could lead in our Congress and indeed lead the country. And he went out and fought like hell to make it happen. That is change. Senator Tammy Baldwin knows something about hope and change. She wanted to be a United States Senator. She didn't care that there had never been an out LGBT person elected to the US Senate. In her own words, she didn't run to make history, she ran to make a difference. But thanks to her, no young person will ever have to wonder whether a gay person can be elected to the Senate. They have Tammy Baldwin. We have Tammy Baldwin. That is change. And the intrepid leader, Nancy Pelosi, knows something about hope and change. She envisaged envisaged an America where people had access to quality, affordable health care, and where brave men and women can fight for the country they love, regardless of who they love. And with President Obama, she made that happen. That is change. Hope is about envisioning a world where it is simply not okay to execute people on the basis of their sexual orientation, as is legal in seven countries. Change is about ensuring that homophobic countries who seek to eliminate sexual orientation from the United Nations resolution on extrajudicial executions fail. And thanks to President Obama's leadership, they have. Hope is about envisioning a world where LGBT persons have a seat at the table. Change is about ensuring that organizations dedicated to advancing LGBT rights enjoy the same privileges and accreditations at the United Nations as any other organization. And thanks to President Obama's leadership, they now do. Hope is about envisioning a global consensus that LGBT rights are human rights, and human rights are LGBT rights. Change is about passing the first UN resolution in history that recognizes that. And under President Obama, we have. Hope is about envisioning a world where promoting LGBT rights is a central part of our foreign policy. Change is about the President of the United States directing his entire government to do just that, and he has. Hope is about envisioning a world where leaders do not target their most vulnerable citizens with laws that criminalize their existence, as is true now in 76 countries around the world including Nigeria and Uganda, where new legislation further targeting LGBT individuals 
was signed into law earlier this year. Change is about standing up to them when they do. And under President Obama, we have. Hope and change is about envisioning a world that is fairer, kinder, more just, not just for some people, but for all people. Hope and change is about being more like John Lewis, more like Tammy Baldwin, more like Nancy Pelosi, and more like Harvey Milk. Today, each of us has come to the White House to honor a man who refused to accept anything short of equality. He was impatient with excuses. He was intolerant of injustice. He demanded dignity for himself and for all Americans. In so doing, he helped to make America more fair, more just, and more equal. In short, Harvey Milk made America more American. There will always be the cynics among us who mock the power of hope and the promise of change. Hope will never be silent, Harvey Milk told them, and his legacy is a reminder that hope is never to be mocked. For the millions of gay people in this country who can now choose to serve their country openly and proudly, hope and change has real meaning. For the millions of gay people in this country who can now enjoy the same federal benefits as their straight colleagues, hope and change has real meaning. For the millions of, of young people in this country who for the first time have leaders committed to ending bullying rather than seeking to codify inequality in the Constitution, hope and change has real meaning. Hope and change is not a campaign slogan, it is a call to action, a call that Harvey Milk embodied, a cause he died for, and a crusade that we all must pledge to carry on. But in our celebration and pride about how far we have come as we unveil stamps commemorating those who made this possible, we cannot lose sight of how far we have yet to go. While we now do live in an age where the National Football League has, for the first time, drafted an openly gay man, we still live in an age where the NFL can fire him for being gay. Postage stamps will not change that. Legislation will. Supervisor Milk liked to begin his speeches by saying, my name is Harvey Milk and I am here to recruit you. For those who raise your voices in the face of intolerance, who speak up for equality, who fight for the vulnerable, you are continuing the work of a great American, an American we honor today with a stamp, but whose work will forever live in the freedoms he helped protect, the equality he helped advance, the constitutional principles and promise he helped render real for all Americans, not just some. Harvey Milk, you have recruited us, and we will be forever grateful, and we will be forever changed. Thank you. His name was Harvey Milk, and he was here to recruit us, all of us, to join a movement and change a nation. For much of his early life, he had silenced himself. In the prime of his life, he was silenced by the act of another. But in the brief time in which he spoke and ran and led, his voice stirred the aspirations of millions of people. become, after several attempts, one of the first openly gay Americans elected to public office. And his message of hope 
Hope unashamed, hope unafraid, could not ever be silenced. It was Harvey who said it best. You gotta give them hope. Somewhere in Des Moines or San Antonio, there's a young gay person who all of a sudden realizes that she or he is gay, knows that if the parents find out, they'll be tossed out of the house. The classmates would taunt the child, and the Anita Bryans and John Briggs are doing their bit on TV, and that child had several options. Staying in a closet, suicide, and then one day that child might open a paper and it says homosexual elected in San Francisco, and there are two new options. The option is to go to California. <laughs> Stay in San Antonio and fight. Two days after I was elected, I got a phone call, and the voice was quite young. It was from Altoona, Pennsylvania, and the person said, thanks. And you've got to elect gay people so that that young child and the thousands upon thousands like that child know that there's hope for a better world, there's hope for a better tomorrow. Without hope, not only gays, but those blacks, and the Asians, and the disabled, and the seniors, the us's, the us's, without hope, the us's give up. I know that you cannot live on hope alone, but without it, life is not worth living. And you, and you, and you, you've got to give them hope. Thank you very much. You're listening to KRCB-FM Windsor, Santa Rosa, the new 91, with news, new music, and more. This is KRCB. It's 8 p.m. Stay with us. Outbeat Radio is next. I have found out beat news in depth for you. Good evening and welcome to Outbeat News in Depth. I'm Greg Moralia. Well, next week, Pride celebrations begin here around the North Bay, culminating at the end of June with the 2014 San Francisco Pride Parade and Festival. And tonight, we'll be talking with Stephen Zolman, who's the chair of Sonoma County Pride, and Ian Stanley from Napa County Pride, both who will tell us about the many events coming up to celebrate Pride this summer. And on this month's Albeit Youth segment, we sit down for a conversation with three of the youth bloggers from MatthewsPlace.com, a special space for LGBT youth provided by the Matthew Shepard Foundation. All of this is coming up right after your Outbeat Radio News for this Sunday, May 25th, 2014. I have found Outbeat Radio News, your source for LGBT news from the North Bay and beyond. The GLBT Historical Society of San Francisco announced the grand reopening of the GLBT Museum, featuring a completely remodeled gallery and new exhibits. The GLBT Museum is the only one of its kind in the United States, and only one of two in the world. 
Some of the new exhibits include a new video and audio station, a slideshow highlighting all of the neighborhoods in San Francisco, past and present, and a very moving exhibit about Harvey Milk with the suit he was wearing when he was murdered in 1978. The museum is located at 4127 18th Street in San Francisco and is open daily to the public. You can learn more at glbthistory.org. Matt Cayley, an award-winning author, blogger, professor, and transgender community activist, died of heart failure unexpectedly at his home in Colorado last weekend. He was a man with a transgender history who began his transition from female to male in 1997, and since then, he educated, enlightened, and entertained audiences across the United States and the world through his writing and presentations focused on transgender issues. He appeared in five documentary films and is the recipient of four community awards for activism. His book, Just Add Hormones, An Insider's Guide to the Transsexual Experience, was a Lamba Literary Award finalist, and his short story, Cam's Decision, was the recipient of the Poets and Writers Incorporated Writers Exchange Award for Fiction. He was 59 years old, and he will be sorely missed. And this week, the United States Postal Service released a stamp featuring Harvey Milk and honoring him as the first openly gay man to be elected to public office and for his work pursuing LGBT civil rights. The stamp was released during a ceremony in Washington, D.C. on Thursday, May 22nd, Milk's birthday. The Postal Service said in an announcement that Milk's achievements gave hope and confidence to the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender community in the United States and elsewhere at a time when the community was encountering widespread hostility and discrimination. And this year's Frameline Film Festival will run from June 19th through June 29th in San Francisco. Frameline 38 is featuring 214 films from 31 different countries and a special series of film screenings and panel discussions titled New Storytelling in LGBT Cinema. This will be an exploration of the future of queer film, covering topics and digital distribution, new cinematic approaches to gay history and biography, and the growth and support of queer women filmmakers. This program is proudly supported by the Academy of Motion Picture and Sciences. Given the past year's dramatic and disturbing changes in queer people in Russia, the festival will shine a spotlight on LGBT films in today's Russia, including two features, a short program and a documentary, Campaign of Hate, Russia and Gay Propaganda, which will be followed by a discussion including filmmaker Michael Lucas and out-Russian-American journalist Marsha Gessen. Other highly anticipated documentaries at Frameline 38 include Nancy Cates regarding Susan Sontag and the Alec Baldwin-produced Compared to What? The Improbable Journey of Barney Frank and Born to Fly about choreographer Elizabeth Streb and her Extreme Action Company. Tickets go on sale to the general public this week starting on Friday. You can learn more at www.frameline.org. And finally, from Napa, April Clary, an out student who identifies as genderqueer, was elected to the Napa Valley College Board of Trustees as the student trustee for the coming school year. Clary served as the president of the Napa Valley College Campus Greens and was a founding member of the Queer Student Alliance. She's one of only two LGBTQ elected officials in Napa County and the only one who identifies as genderqueer. One of Clary's main campaign issues was affordable and healthy food for students on campus. Her platform also calls for social justice for marginalized students, environmental sustainability on campus, and student democracy so students are engaged with the college's decision-making process. 
And finally, don't forget, Sonoma County Pride takes place next weekend starting on Friday, May 30th, running through Sunday, June 1st in downtown Guerneville. The Pride Parade will start at 11 a.m. on Sunday, and we'll have more details about this year's Pride celebration on tonight's show. And for more information about all of the Pride celebrations happening here in the North Bay and San Francisco, go to our website at outbeatnews.com. Now here's your calendar of events for the coming week. On Monday, May 26th at 7 p.m., the Parents of Transgender Youth Support Group will meet at the Positive Images Center, 312 Chin Street in Santa Rosa. And on Tuesday, May 27th at 6 p.m., the Trans Group will meet at the Positive Images Center, same location. On Thursday, May 29th from 7 to 9 p.m., the Men for Men Support Group will gather at the Marin AIDS Project, 910 Irwin Street in San Rafael. And on Saturday, May 31st at 7 p.m., the Redwood Rainbows Square Dance Club will host Born to be Wild, a 60s dance party. DJ Joy will spin, and there'll be a 50-50 raffle and a costume contest, so wear your grooviest threads. For more information, go to www.outwestdance.com. And for more information about local LGBT events happening here in the North Bay, go to gaysonoma.com. If you have news or an event you'd like to share with our listeners, tell us about it by going to our website at outbeatnews.com and be sure to follow us all week long on Facebook and Twitter for the latest LGBT news and information from here in the North Bay and beyond. For Gary Carnavelli, I'm Greg Moralia. Outbeat Radio News, your source for LGBT news from the North Bay and beyond. Well, next month is Pride Month here in the Bay Area, starting with Sonoma County Pride next weekend. And here to tell us about what's planned for the three-day event is the chair of the Sonoma County Pride organization, Stephen Zolman. Stephen, welcome to Outbeat News in Depth. Thank you so much, Greg. Very, very happy to be here. Well, we're excited to have you here and to hear all about what's coming up uh, with Sonoma County Pride this year. It it sounded like uh, the beginning of this year, we weren't even going to have a celebration. Uh, What happened? That's correct. That's correct. Uh, We're have been very fortunate in years past to have the sisters um, involved. Uh, then my understanding there was a decision um, that they wanted to take a break um, and then there were two other organizations in Sonoma County that were going to take this on and I think they tried the best they could and realized that perhaps their resources weren't you know, what, they, what they thought they needed um, and then informed um, a sister uh, towards the end of March that that wasn't going to be a possibility for them. So the sister um, took it upon herself to go to the Russian River uh, Chamber of Commerce, um, the LGBT guild within that, and there was been a very nice representative, Lynette, from there who was able to convince the rest of the people um, at the chamber to take this on and be a fiscal sponsor. Um, and after that was locked in, you know, we did some investigation of other potential sponsors, but no one w- was able to do it. Um, so we decided to go with them. And as a result of them stepping forward, we're, we're able to put this on. Mm, fantastic. And that makes sense to me. I mean, the merchants really are going to benefit from bringing a huge crowd into Guerneville. Uh, and I'm glad to see that they stepped up. Yes, very happy. So how did you get involved in taking on the lead of this enormous project? Uh, well, I've definitely been involved. Uh, my partner and I have lived up here in Sonoma County for for a while um, and was very tangentially involved last year. I was actually more just a participant, uh, marched in the parade and was a little bit involved with 
some of the things that were going on, um, and I wanted to make sure that it, it continued. And in particular, I was very excited by the fact that others also wanted to see it, Captain Guerneville, um, and went to one of the organizing meetings and followed along, and um, other people were wanting to kind of take it on, and then for other reasons couldn't do it, and then just sort of found myself in the chair role and could only be doing it without a, a good, sound team uh, to work with, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I've heard from, from people in the community periodically that, you know, maybe maybe Pride's over with, maybe we don't need to do this every year, maybe there isn't really a need for Pride anymore. Um, and I found just in looking at around the world and certainly some of the stories we've covered here on Outbeat News that that just couldn't be more from the truth. Talk about your feelings. I absolutely positively believe that pride needs to continue, not just for our brothers and sisters here in the United States, because, you know, if you're following the things that are going on with ENDA, um, if you're following along with anything that's going on at a federal level, we're not all equal under the federal law. We're just not. Um, and we also need to be there for our brothers and sisters around the world. I mean, there are huge, major things going on affecting their very essence to be who they are um, going on in Russia, going on in various parts in Africa. It's the fact that we need to keep ourselves together and be able to unite and to be able to support us here in the United States and also be able to support all of us around the world. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's more important that people come out and celebrate Pride and make themselves visible now than it ever has been. Uh, in light of everything you just said, there are so many countries that are moving in the opposite direction as we seem to be. Uh, we reported on one country that, that was imposing stoning now, stoning to death someone who is openly gay. And that's a new... That's a new law that they're proposing in that country. And it just seems to me that we need to be out there celebrating for all of those people who can't. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what you just described is just like just horrific. It's barbaric. And we definitely need to keep working together uh, to support ourselves on all different levels, locally, state, federal, and out into the world. Um, and be able to show the fact that, you know, you can. You can keep persevering. Mm -hmm. um, and to be able to show that proper support of them. Great. Well, before we get into some of the festivities and some of the plans, talk about the Sonoma County Pride Organization and who else is involved. Again, it's a very core group of very dedicated individuals. Um, as I mentioned, Lynette um, is our representative from the chamber, um, and Mary Eggenberg um, is our point person uh, for the sisters and there have been other associated sisters. But what I've been most heartened by are the local merchants. Um, while everybody likes to come out to the river, um, many sometimes don't realize the fact that, you know, it's primarily the nice months of the year um, that the merchants here are able to make enough money to sustain themselves throughout the year. And several, um, including um, Art at Panache uh, Gallery and Douglas, at the Blue Door Gallery in particular, have consistently come uh, to the planning meetings, and they are now the rallying cry of having open, welcoming reception starting on Friday afternoon, and very thrilled by the fact that we allocated money to have big rainbow flags, so when people are coming through town, they don't even have to get out of their cars, they'll be able to see huge rainbow flags outside of different businesses where people can come in, they know they're going to be safe, 
um, welcomed and appreciated. Fantastic. So it sounds like there's a, a lot of collaboration going on. Is Do you see the Sonoma County Pride organization or sub-organization continuing on in, in future years? Or a- Absolutely, in one shape, form, or another. I mean, it was um, sort of speculated that the sisters were taking a year off. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to come back in. Um, if they're not, then I know myself, I've been exploring different avenues with different people, including um, incorporating um, as a 501c3, because while the chamber, um, again, very grateful for them, they are C6. And so for those that are being able to contribute this year, they're not getting the tax deduction. Right, right. Yeah, that would be important, wouldn't it? So I, how did you pull this all together in such a short period of time? I mean, it really seemed like it came together in less than a month and a half. It's correct. And again, it's just like no, none of this would be possible with it without a core group of very dedicated people who have stepped up um, and have donated tons and tons of time um, and also money. And we're very appreciative of two of our sponsors, one in particular, Rio Crest uh, Events. Um, they donated a substantial chunk of money to be able to cover our basic expenses, which are associated with this event, um, to the point where, you know, had they not have stepped up, this this would not have been able to happen because I'm not entirely sure everybody realizes that events like this are not just, you know, they don't happen without covering basic costs, which is CHP, um, which is insurance. I mean, there are basic things that need to be covered. Right, right. Well, The Sonoma County Pride 2014 is set to span three days this year from Friday, May 30th through Sunday, June 1st. Tell us about the plans. I know. Again, very excited in the fact that it is going to be a three-day event and the fact that, as I briefly described on Friday, um, most of the merchants are open anyway, but they're making a special effort to stay open until 8. And like I said, the flags are going to be out, and we're in the process of talking with the chamber to be able to allow us access to the central flagpole so we can have a huge rainbow flag up so again when people are coming through town they don't even need to get out of their cars they can say okay that seems like a welcoming inviting space i'm going to get out um some of the merchants are setting up things that are family friendly which we're very thrilled about um douglas at the blue door um is having an art project for children um, and that's Friday. There are things that are going on at each of the major sort of bars in the area. Um, so for those that are looking for a little nightlife, there's definitely that possibility. On Saturday, we're thrilled in the fact that the family continue, uh, family-oriented activities will continue, and we're very happy that our friends over at Rio Nido uh, Roadhouse are offering special discounts for families and all they have to do is just show up and say hi i'm here for pride they get discounts they have a safe space for their children to play engage in games swim um and then of course there are many more activities scheduled throughout the throughout the day mostly at night um with a huge um entertainment that's happening at the 3r um and also right across the street at uh bex uh, excuse me uh box um dinner theater they're hosting pandora box so that's all happening on saturday and then at the crack of dawn on sunday it's like people are going to be showing up registering and starting with the parade fantastic and that parade starts at 11 a.m right that's correct and who are some of the people you're you're expecting to be marching well we're thrilled and honored that our grand marshals mayor robert jacob of sebastopol and mayor carol russell of cloverdale 
are going to be two of our grand marshals and then our official or our unofficial uh, Mayor Grunfeld, Roger Jensen of the 3R is definitely going to be there. And um, various groups have extended invitations to different um, electeds in the community and I'm sure that they're going to be able to participate if they will. And I know that various groups, including 3R, are talking about floats. So I think it's going to be well attended. It's going to be it's going to be great. Excellent. And so after the parade, uh, there's also going to be a festival, but it's not going to be at the Guerneville Lodge this year. Tell us about that. that. That's correct. Um, at the end of the parade on the plaza, there are going to be um, a total of 15 uh, vendor booths, and those are going to be composed of basically small businesses, nonprofits, anybody who's wanting to sort of get the word out about what's happening, primarily local. Um, some of it's going to address um, state and national issues as well, but it's going to definitely be contained um, just to the plaza. Um, we're not blocking off access to the bridge, but there's been concerns um, from the county about not having a whole lot of traffic on the bridge all at one time. So it's definitely going to be contained to the plaza this year. Okay, but plenty for people to do to walk around and see some of the, the vendors that will be there, as well as the businesses, I would imagine, throughout Guerinville will be open. Ex- exactly, because we've heard from various businesses that in the past it's sort of been a parade, and then that's like it. Then the traffic just you know went down to you know the lodge, and then there was no effort to sort of like redirect them back up. And you know, since especially this year, um, given the parameters of our fiscal sponsor, there's not going to be any alcohol um, sold at that plaza or food. So obviously, people are going to hit the booths, and then they're going to go back up Main Street, check out all the merchants, check out the food, check out the bars, and also. There's the option of going to the commitment ceremony um, that's taking place at 2 p.m. Um, and there's going to be an interface service um, out of the area on Sunday. Um, and then again, also, there's the, there's the pool party for the children um, and their families. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the wedding ceremony. This is the first year that couples who want to get married can legally be married for real uh, during Pride. Uh, where's that going to take place and who's going to be officiating? Um, Donna Starr, um, one of our planning um, committee members um, is taking that on and it's going to be happening at 2 p.m. It's going to be happening at Bucks. Um, and she said that it's just like that, you know, you bring your registration. It's just like she's able to officiate, be able to confirm it, um, have a celebration. I'm very happy for Bucks being able to provide the space. Um, and then also there's cupcakes uh, planned as well. So it should be a great, should be a great celebration. What a unique way and a very communal way to get married. I think that could be really, really fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so talk about some of the parties that will be going on then. You mentioned one at Triple R on Saturday. Will they also be doing something on Sunday? Uh, yeah, they definitely have plans there um, as well for people that are you know, done with the parade and done with the vendors. They're definitely going to have plans for you know, continuing the activities. They're basically having activities throughout the entire weekend. Um, so people are looking to go you know, get a little bit of nightlife, definitely can, you know, go to 3R, go to Buck's. Um, there's the Rainbow Cattle Company right there on Main Street. I know they're, they're having special things too, so going to be plenty of options there. Great. Uh, and you mentioned the interfaith service. Traditionally, that has been done either later in the month or the following Sunday, but it's going to be the Sunday night of Pride. Uh, tell us about when and where. Yeah, it's going to be at the Thanksgiving um, Church in Santa Rosa at uh, 7 p.m. Very good. And we'll have some details on our website at OutbeatNews.com and, of course, on the Sonoma County Pride website. So tell us where people can go to learn more about Sonoma County Pride. 
we're directing them all to our really, really great new website. Um, and we want to do a special, or I want to do a special shout out to Stephen Nazada and his partner, Art Duville of Panache uh, Eye Gallery here in Guerneville. Um, they were able to quickly piece together an awesome website, um, which has all the information um, the forms to be able to register for the parade, uh, the vendor forms, sponsorship forms, because we are still looking for sponsors to help us with those fixed costs I mentioned before. But all that can be found on SonomaCountyPride.com. Fantastic. And if you missed that link, SonomaCountyPride.com, we'll have it on our own website at OutBeatNews.com. Stephen Zolman, I can't thank you enough for taking this on for your leadership and for putting together what sounds like is going to be an absolutely great weekend. Um, well, awesome, Greg. And thank you very much for your years of past support and this support. Very much appreciated. Very good. We'll see you next weekend. Absolutely. Take care. And we'll be back with more right after this. Did you know that there are more than 2,000 people living with HIV and AIDS in Sonoma County? 500 of them don't know they have it, so neither do their partners. HIV is a treatable condition, but it's important to find out early if you have the virus. Knowing your HIV status can be life-saving for you and those you love. There's an easy way to find out your status. Face-to-Face offers free, anonymous HIV testing with results in just 20 minutes. Visit the Face-to-Face office at 873 2nd Street in Santa Rosa. No appointment is needed. For more information, call 544-1581 or visit f2f.org. We want you to know your status. Face-to-face, ending AIDS in Sonoma County, 20 minutes at a time. Our next guest is Ian Stanley, who's the director of the LGBTQ Connection in Napa, and also one of the members of the planning committee for this year's Napa Valley Pride Celebration. Ian, welcome back to Outbeat News In-Depth. Greg, thanks so much for having me back. I'm excited to talk with you. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot of uh, things in the hopper for this year's Pride Celebration. Uh, tell us a little bit about how Napa approaches celebrating Pride. Yeah, we've done it a little bit differently for the last, uh, wow, actually for a while now. Um, and there's some people who don't even know we have Pride, so I'm, I'm, that's another reason I'm really excited to um, be on the show today to talk with you. Um, Napa, instead of doing a one-day festival or even a parade, tends to take a week or two to do a whole variety of events to reach people of all ages and all backgrounds in our community. Wow. Um, so, yeah. So this year it's going to be seven days of events. Seven. Yeah, seven days of events. And I was a little worried because we got um, a late, later start than usual in planning this year. The um, AIDS Walk Napa Valley was changed from the fall to the spring. And a lot of the folks who were involved in planning Pride um, were also supporting the AIDS Walk. Mm-hmm. So uh, so we started right after the AIDS Walk um, in March planning. Um, but uh, but yeah, we, we still wound up coming up with seven days of great things uh, for people to get involved in to celebrate LGBTQ community and our allies here in Napa County. Great. So tell us who all is involved in this. Is this all your organization putting this together? No, it's not officially our organization. It's actually a, um, a group of volunteers from across the community that get together to, to make the events. And uh, this year, Casey McConnell-Leon is uh, coordinating. She's chairing the whole thing, which we it wouldn't come together without a chairperson. So tell um, us who else, some of the other organizations then they're involved. Well, organization-wise, uh, my, our LGBTQ connection is involved. PFLAG Napa is involved. Um, there's some folks from the Unity League who are involved, which is a social and community service organization here in Napa County for LGBT people. Um, and 
then there's just a whole bunch of other great or a whole bunch of other great people who are involved in making this happen this year. I, th- I think just representing themselves and wanting to support the community. Fantastic. And, and you've been involved in this for a couple of years, right? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think just because our organization only officially started three years ago, but I think I've been involved now for five or six years. Right. right. And it's, and it's been a, a celebration that spanned, I know, several weeks. Uh, and so this isn't a new approach, but it is very different than most communities, including what happens here in Sonoma County. Yeah, yeah, it is. We, um, like I said, we try and do something that's a, a little bit of something for everybody as opposed to one giant festival. Um, I think back in the day, I remember before I even came out of the closet that I saw signs around downtown Napa for the family picnic at Kennedy Park, and it it sort of evolved from there. We still have a great picnic at a park. This year it's going to be in Yauntville, um, and uh, and then there's all sorts of other events. Great. Well, let's, let's get a rundown of everything that's planned. Uh, all right, when well, does everything begin? Everything begins on Monday, June 16th. We try to um, keep keep in mind the other surrounding counties and their Pride events, too, and we don't want to compete because we want everyone to be able to celebrate with the community. Mm-hmm. So Monday the 16th, we're having a Pride kickoff celebration um, in, I believe, in downtown Napa. And then uh, it goes all the way through Sunday, June 22nd. And among all of those days, there's a, there's a Pride night at the Oxbow Market. Um, the LGBTQ Connection, my organization, our youth leadership team is uh, sponsoring a youth pride dance to be held in Napa for youth under 21. Um, And then there's uh, P-Flags hosting a pizza party and an ice cream uh, kind of dine and donate events at Mary's Pizza and Mariposa Ice Cream. Uh, Thursday night, uh, there's something still in the works. It's not yet been announced yet what's going to happen on Thursday night. But then other nights in the week, there's bowling, there's the picnic in Yauntville, there's a film screening and book signing. Um, we have a, I don't know if you knew that we had a, um, a local filmmaker who, um, has had films featured in LGBT film festivals around the world oh, wow. and, and her movie meet the beavers is what's the, what they're going to be screening. It's about, um, it's about camp Beaverton, which is at burning man. It's the, I'll probably get it wrong because it's, it's <laughs> the, the explanation for it is really cool, but it's an all women trans inclusive sex positive camp at burning man. And, uh, Beth Nelson's the filmmaker and she went and, uh, to burning man and filmed it and put together a great film that's been nominated at these festivals all around Fantastic. the world. So, and so, so wh- where's that going to be shown? Um, I think they are working to have that at the Slack collective in downtown Napa, which is an art and gallery studio space. Okay. Um, in downtown and then right next to it is the book mine so they're working on doing a book signing that same night with uh an author that's connected to the gay dads project fantastic yeah um then there's a brunch the next day there's going to be a big gay disco dance party with our own dj rotten robbie um on sunday night that rounds everything out fantastic we we have a lot in the works it's great that there really is something for everybody there's things for families things for youth and then things for adults where can people go to learn about uh, all that's planned? Um, well, NapaValleyPride.com is the main website that has all of the information on it. Um, and we'll have the calendar. And we try and break things out on what's free, what's good for young people, what's good for families. Because like you said, we want everyone to get in involved as much as they can. We also have a Napa Valley LGBTQ Pride page on Facebook that has rolling announcements of all sorts of the different events and things throughout the year. That's a really great way to stay in touch, uh, particularly as these events evolve. And we'll have all of those links on our own website, along with all of your Pride information for the Bay Area at OutbeatNews.com. Uh, I remember last year, too, there was a shuttle service that was set up for San Francisco Pride for people who wanted to go to the parade. Are you still thinking about doing that this year? 
Uh, I haven't heard of that happening this year. One year we took the ferry down from Napa to um, to do that. Um, I'm not sure um, if someone had been working on that this year. Like I said, we got a later start, so we just focused on having the events um, to take care of the Napa community up here. Great, great. Yeah. Sounds like it's going to be a great time. And you've really been involved uh, as the director of the LGBTQ Connection in bringing the community in Napa together. I, I just It always surprises me how much um, connection is, is being created there. Talk about some of the evolution that you've seen in the last couple of years in terms of people making themselves visible. Wow. Some of the evolution. Well, um, I mean, I, I alluded to it when I was talking about pride, but when, when I first came out, I didn't come out till I was in my late twenties. Um, but I remember seeing things around town about this family picnic and other things. Uh, the unity league has been involved since the um, early two thousands out here, organizing the community and making things happen. But, but after I came out and we got involved with LGBTQ connection, have the support of the unity league and other great folks around the community. Um, for instance, last year, uh, the, the tourism improvement district here in Napa put up 26 rainbow banners around downtown Napa. Mm -hmm. And it's something I think folks here, um, never thought would happen. In fact, when um, I first approached local elected officials to do it, um, they were interested, but very hesitant um, and didn't know what they could do. And so we started a petition to, you know, show how this mattered to the community. And a lot of folks signed the petition because it matters to them. But I think deep down, people didn't think it was going to happen. Um, and even though the elected officials declined in the end to put the rainbow flag above City Hall in Napa, um, the the merchants and the tourism improvement district did. So mm -hmm. I, I never thought we'd see rainbow banners around uh, downtown Napa and they're planning to put them up again this June to celebrate LGBTQ pride with us. Fantastic. Well, I, there, and there was a similar controversy about the flag at city hall in Calistoga last year, right? Yeah. The mayor in Calistoga, um, checked with their council and, um, their law, lawyer council, I mean, and, uh, I guess there was no objection legally to them being able to do it. So they put it up and someone contested, um, and then to um, that they didn't follow proper procedures. So they took it down to avoid any um, legal issues and then have been working um, since last year to get something passed to be able to put it up. I really? believe, yeah, um, the mayor is very supportive. He wants um, everyone to know that Calistoga is an LGBTQ inclusive community. Uh, and uh, so they've been working to do something. So I think what they worked out this year was to be able to put up a secondary poll to support um, I don't know. There's some technical way they talk about it, but causes basically, as opposed to organizations or things like that. And so um, they were going to be able to do it. Some there was some other thing that wasn't quite right with it last minute, and so they had to change it a little bit. And because of the timing with legal processes or political processes, it's not going to happen this year, I don't think. Um, but he is determined to make sure that Calistoga can raise the rainbow flag. At least it's going to happen. At least there's an interest in doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I You never know with elected officials what they're willing to do, especially, I mean, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's Napa alone, but um, I don't know that our elected officials are famous for stepping out on a limb or doing risky things like that. Even though as an LGBT person, I don't view it as risky, you know, politically, maybe it is, I don't know. Um, and so that's one of the reasons that we we interviewed elected officials or asked them to answer an LGBT questionnaire for us again this this year. That's right. Well, and we're coming up on election time. Uh, I had a chance to peruse that that uh, list and all the responses, but for the listeners who haven't seen it or are not familiar about the survey, uh, talk about that a little bit as people get ready to make their decisions at the polls. 
Yeah, it's, it started in 2012. We um, decided we wanted to hear what a local elected officials had to say about LGBT issues. Um, we were doing the big, huge community-wide needs assessment with LGBT people and getting their thoughts on what's it like to live here. So we asked our elected officials um, because LGBT people were saying they didn't feel well represented. So we said, hey, elected officials, do you feel like you represent LGBT people here? And what can you do to make our community safer and more inclusive? So um, since it's a bigger election cycle again this time, our June 3rd um, election day, we asked everyone again. Um, we hit up all of the uh, officials running for Congress, um, for state assembly, uh, for county supervisor, and for um, sheriff and sheriff coroner and I think um, assessor county clerk was the another one that we did. Oh, and education too. Although I was very disappointed that um, most of the folks connected to education declined to respond to our questions. Really? What were the? Yeah. What were some of the questions? Uh, just the two that I told you. Do you feel you represent LGBT people? And uh, what do you think you can do to make our community more inclusive and welcoming and safe? And n not exceptionally difficult questions, I didn't think. Um, but maybe they felt it wasn't worth their time to respond about the LGBT community in the North Bay. How unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, very much so. A missed opportunity for sure. Very much so. So where can people go to, to read the details and the responses from the candidates? We post that on our website, lgbtqconnection.org. And so that's up on our website. And the ones from 2012 are on there as well if folks are interested in the past. But right now, um, all of the candidates for representing Napa County are on our website as well for the June 3rd election. Fantastic. Well, that would be some important information for listeners who are getting ready to make their vote uh, to review. So great. So we've got a few minutes left. Let's go back to Pride for a second. You know, I, I've heard from people from time to time you know, that, gosh, you know, we have marriage now and, and we're out and, and everything is great. And so maybe we don't need to celebrate pride uh, anymore. What are your thoughts about that? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, from even just from our, from our needs assessment that we conducted last year, from my own experience growing up here, I feel that uh, the local experience for LGBT people in the North Bay um, is still very um, disconnected and still very invisible. And so Pride is a great time for us to get together and celebrate um, the community we can create when we're together. Uh, we can celebrate the successes we've had in the last year. Uh, and we can celebrate the, the love and the energy we have to continue making things happen because, yeah, we have marriage equality, uh, but there's still income inequality among LGBT people who have poorer families than heterosexual families, which I think a lot of folks don't know about. There's a lot of immigration issues that we can tackle um, and all sorts of things that matter to LGBT people in addition to marriage. So uh, I think Pride's a great time to celebrate and keep that energy going forward that, that creates that feeling of community for us. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the visibility is important, too, for all of those politicians that we've talked about so far that have either been you know, passive or, or non-responsive. Maybe they think that there aren't any LGBT folks living in Napa. Um, that's a pretty naive assumption to make, but Perhaps it's true. And so by coming out and making yourself visible during Pride, we can show people that we're here. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Well, I think it sounds all great. I can't wait to uh, watch what happens in June in Napa as well as Sonoma County. It's going to be a great season for Pride. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really glad the community in both both counties has stepped up to make something happen. Very good. Well, we've been talking with Ian Stanley, who is the director of the LGBTQ Connection in Napa. Ian, thanks so much for filling us in on what's planned. 
Thank you, Greg, for having me. And we'll be back with more right after our music break. Here's Steve Grand with All American Boy. you're just joining us, you're listening to Outbeat News In-Depth on KRCB-FM Windsor, Santa Rosa. On this month's Outbeat Youth segment, we'd like you to meet three of the youth bloggers from the Matthew Shepard Foundation's MatthewsPlace.com website. 
And with us tonight are Kadeem McMillan, Shana Hulbert, and Nick Norton. Welcome to you all. Why don't we begin by going around and having you each tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, uh, where you go to school, and how you got involved with the Matthew Shepard Foundation. And Nick, let's start with you. Yeah, so I was originally, like, I'm originally from Farmington, Michigan, so like a suburb of Metro Detroit, and now I go to Wayne State University in Detroit, so I'm majoring in, like, urban planning and studies, so I'm pretty interested in politics and what makes certain areas successful and all those different types of things. And what got me involved with Matthew Shepard was that I applied to join the Reformation Project, which was this organization started by Matthew Vines. And Matthew Vines started this project based off of this YouTube video that he uploaded about the Bible and homosexuality and why the Bible doesn't condemn same-sex relationships. And so his video went viral, and he took that success and turned it into this organization, which was 50 gay, straight, bisexual, and transgender Christians all going together in this like Bible boot camp session we had over the summer. Mm -hmm. And then we had a big conference in September in Kansas. So it was a pretty interesting endeavor and learned a lot about myself and faith and sexuality and all these different things. And then that led me to make some connections with uh, Christine Romero at the Matthew Shepard Foundation. And then I started blogging about sexuality and faith and all those different things. So it's been pretty a uh, great year for that. So It sounds like it. Shana, let's go to you. Okay, I go to school in Grand Junction, Colorado at Colorado Mesa University. I am a sophomore there, and I transferred there after I was released from basic training. And there I am the assistant coordinator of the Gay Street Alliance. And I actually got involved with the Matthew Shepard Foundation um, during a leadership conference for the GSA at Colorado Mesa. And I went to the Matthew Shepard Foundation, uh, one of their leadership groups, and I ended up asking if I could be a part of that. Great. Kadeem? Okay. Well, I live in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Um, I go to Northampton Community College, and I believe I got involved with the Matthew Shepard Foundation by watching a YouTube video, um, and it really inspired me to actually go to the site and look it up and get in contact with Christine to become a blogger. Mm-hmm. Now, what are you studying at uh, community college there? My major is theater. Okay. And had you were you familiar with Matthew Shepard's story before you saw that YouTube video? Actually, I was not. It's, it's what really inspired me to want to look into it and see what he went through and everything. And it's amazing. Well, there's no doubt about that for sure. Uh, let's talk about what inspires you to write. Nick, you talked about having a real religious background. Tell us more about that. Yeah, it, it's pretty interesting because like, my background for the sexuality and faith realm is pretty interesting compared to others because I, I don't really have a huge background with being discriminated against in my faith community. Like, I come from a Catholic environment that was pretty supportive. And with my uh, Catholic high school... I had a number of different faith mentors, whether they be teachers or priests, who were very uplifting, and they made me have a very personalized and great relationship with my faith community. And then when I was learning about 
myself more broadly in the context of a broader Christian understanding, like with other people in the Reformation project, I saw that like there's a very broad spectrum of people who have experiences, whether it's straight individuals who have been cast out of their community for being LGBT affirming, or the traditional story of a gay person being kicked out of their church for X, Y, or Z reason, or a transgender person not being accepted. So what I find inspiration through is looking at all those different connections I made like with the Reformation Project and like finding a different angle to write about. And thankfully, for with that, I've met so many different people that I have a lot of material to work with. Wow. Shana, where does your motivation come from? Being able to reach out and show everybody that it does get better and that there are more story, positive stories and negative stories is a really big influence to me. And being able to grow as an individual and then have others watch that growth and help them grow as well is a really big impact on me. Mm-hmm. So, Kadeem, let's go back to you. Talk about some of the writing that you've done uh, as a blogger. Yes, I think a running theme for my blogs is that stereotypes in the gay community are not always correct and you should not always follow them. Give us an, give us an example of, of maybe something that you've written about related to stereotypes. Well, my very first blog, I think it was about the saying, no homo. And it was just like a, a rant that I went on about how, you know, when people use the phrase no homo, it's, it's kind of contradictory because you can't say something that that you believe is gay themed and then and put no homo toward it and think it's going to be okay. Did, was that based upon something that happened in school or something you experienced yourself? Yeah, I it pretty much in my high school career it was like everyone was using it and it always confused me because I I didn't understand why you needed to put no homo at the end of something. Mm-hmm. Nick, how about you? Tell us about some of the writing you've done. Yeah. So my first couple of blogs were mainly personal about um, my own faith experience and struggling with um, a deeper understanding of myself and also with uh, struggling with doubt in my relationship with my faith and how that can be a healthy relationship sometimes and just finding that sense of inner spiritual being. And then it kind of branched out into me doing a series of little interviews and book reviews with uh, different people from the Reformation Project. So one of them I did was about um, this book called Two Words by Emily Timble, where she recounted in a memoir fashion about her experience hearing a gay person come out to her for the first time and how that really shaped her faith understanding and the different experiences of that. And then I also wrote about my friend uh, Jide Makole, who is from the House of Rainbow Project, where he works in Nigeria and Uganda to make more nurturing faith communities. And obviously, that's a pretty hot button issue and spot part of the world. So it's been a pretty interesting experience being able to broaden out from just my own faith understanding to other people's. And then I was actually just talking with Christine, too, that I'm going to start writing about different faith uh experiences with LGBT issues, like the with Islam and Hinduism and other faith traditions. So it'll be pretty exciting. Wow. And I think that's a really important point, too. You know, I know that Islam is such a growing religion in this country, as it is around the world. 
Um, and it's one that's so misunderstood. And there is a lot of, I think, negative messaging associated with Islam and being LGBT, perhaps yeah. perhaps more so than, than maybe folks believe there is in the Bible. Um, you know, as you think about the blogging that you're doing and the messaging that you're putting out there and, and being part of Matthew's Place, what do you think Matt, if he was still alive today, would think about all this? Yeah, I think that that's a pretty powerful question because... I hadn't really done a lot of reflecting on that when I first came on board with Matthew's Place. But then, like, with the constant presence that he obviously has over this organization, it's pretty powerful how something that is so tragic and horrible and sad, as that story is of what happened to Matthew Shepard, is transformed not only into an organization that works to do so many great things like physically with the LGBT community, but that like me and a bunch of different bloggers can do this remotely and have like the opportunity to share our stories. So I think he would be proud of this. I hope he is of the great things and that can come out pretty spontaneously from this type of happening. Shana, let's go to you. If Matt was sitting here today and having read your blogs, what would he say? I think that not not just mine, but all of our blogs, that he would be absolutely astounded that it's come so far and that from way back then and way from now that it's it's actually becoming more of a normal thing and that people, it, the hate is definitely out there, but it's less out there. I believe that it's less out there than it actually was. And I think that Matthew would be really proud of the work that we're all doing. So why do you think there is less hate today? What What's changed? I feel like the more that we talk about it, it's becoming a little more open. For example, my my dad was kind of was kind of against that and was really sheltered about that. But the more that we talked about it, the more that he saw that it was okay that that kind of came out more. And he's the most supportive person I've ever met. Great. Well, let's talk about Matthew's place in general. Um, I'm curious from your perspectives. For young people who have not visited this site before, what can they expect and and how can they benefit from the content that's on there? I think one of the biggest benefits is the community, the the sense of there's more people out there like you, um, the love that you can receive because a lot of people in that age bracket feel, you know, isolated and by themselves. And when I visited the Matthew Shepard site, I instantly felt at home. I felt that I was accepted and that no matter what I was, I would say or do, I wouldn't be judged for it. So talk a little bit more about that. I mean, what did you specifically find on there that gave you that sense of, of belonging? It, it strikes me if you're sitting at home in front of a computer by yourself, mm-hmm. that that would be a, there must be something pretty special on that site. Yes. Um, I would say the story of Matthew Shepard itself was what really got to me and then how much people wanted to put his name out there and make it known and try and make things better for future LGBT um, kids because his story was really, it was really sad, but at the same time it was inspirational because you know, not many, before that, I don't think there was a lot of, um, you know, media surrounding gay teens or whatever who were killed or something like that. And it kind of got the message out that we're here 
and things are happening and we need to stop this mm-hmm. in a way. And I couldn't agree more. So for each of you, talk about what's in your future. Nick, let's start with you. Yeah, so like, I'm in college right now, and I do a lot of work with um, the forensic speech team at Wayne State. And so we travel all over the country, really, and tra- uh, compete in competitive uh, speech tournament environments. And so I am pretty interested in I do that, and I do political work, and I do a lot of writing, both on the Matthew Shepard Foundation and for my own website, The Detroiter. So I do a lot of different work with writing and those type of things. And I think that for my future, I'm either going to uh, continue down just writing full-time, or I'm also interested in going to law school after my undergrad. So I'm interested in maybe becoming a prosecutor or a public defender or something in that realm. Wow. So criminal justice career for you. Yeah. And I am very interested in politics. I think I might run for office. So (laughs) vote for me in the future. Wow. Very ambitious. For sure. <laughs> well, that's great. Shana, tell us what's in your future. I would like to go back to volunteering to the U- the Utah Pride Center. Uh, the most fun I ever had was volunteering there. And with that, I would like to hopefully work for a foundation like the AIDS Foundation and have a career in the LGBT community working with sociology. Fantastic. Kadeem, what do you hope to do? For me, um... Right now, my main focus is singing. That's like my biggest thing right now. I've loved to perform, to sing since I was really little. And it's like my, it's the only thing I can really picture in my future right now. Um, It's something that I'm really passionate about, something I work on every day. And it's, it's in my heart. But if that doesn't work out, I always, I was, I was always wanted to be a veterinarian. That was like always a big thing for me as well. I love animals. They, I feel animals are better than people sometimes. So being able to help them in, in the way would make me feel amazing. So that's another future goal that I have. And I see a lot of great things happening for me, not to say that great things aren't happening now, but in the future, I see myself pushing the limits more and just putting myself out there and making a name for myself. Fantastic. Well, it sounds like all three of you have a very bright future ahead. And and I really want to thank you for what you're doing to help other LGBT youth. We know that matthewsplace.com is an invaluable resource, but it's all that much better when people like you share their stories. We've been talking with Nick Norton, Shana Holbert, and Kadeem McMillan, three youth bloggers for the Matthew Shepard Foundation. Thanks to all three of you for spending time with us tonight. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And if you'd like to learn more about the Matthew Shepard Foundation, go to matthewshepard.org and be sure to visit Matthew's Place at matthewsplace.com. And that brings us to the end of another hour. My thanks to Stephen Zolman from Sonoma County Pride and Ian Stanley representing Napa County Pride and to all of our youth bloggers from the Matthew Shepard Foundation. Be sure to join us next Sunday in Guerneville at Sonoma County Pride. Be sure to come by the Outbeat Radio table after the parade and join us on the air for our annual Live at Pride radio show. It'll air next Sunday night at 8 p.m. 
And don't forget to stay connected with our website for all of your Pride 2014 celebration information for Sonoma, Napa, and San Francisco. You'll find it all at OutBeatNews.com. In the meantime, have a great week, and thanks for spending your Sunday night with us. Outbeat News In Depth is hosted and produced by Greg Moralia exclusively for KRCB Radio. You can listen to our shows on demand on iTunes and on our website at OutbeatNews.com. And be sure to follow us all week long on our Facebook page and Twitter feed for the latest LGBT news from here in the North Bay and beyond.